morning. Kia ora, kia ora. Oh, look there. She's even got my list up for me. Thank you, darling. I really wanted to do this as bullet points, but we were sharing it last night, and it was just way too raw to, to trust myself to follow bullet points. So I've written it all down. Let's start off with one of my grounding verses, which is Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as I'm sharing my, um, my journey this morning, it's just I'm going to touch on a few things and, and sort of glaze over some others. But um, I gave my life to God at nine, and by 13 I'd already decided that just being a good person was good enough. I turned away from God and headed for the temptations of the world. I was at boarding school at the time, I had so much freedom, made some great friends, and got into a lot of mischief. And I also made some really bad habits in this season of my life. Set me up really well for um, joining the army at 17, bright-eyed and excited for the new challenge ahead. I loved to get stuck into a bit of hard yakker, and through my soldier training, I learned resilience and toughness and had a great time achieving goals. I had a real positive outlook on this at this stage of my life, which I'd learned from some of my family members growing up, and I always thought the glass was half full. Very rare that I feel that it was half empty, but when I did, it was a bad day. Soon my bad habits that I'd learned started to take a toll on my life. Over the years, I became less reliable. I was hurting people. I felt so alone, spent nights crying out to Jesus to rescue me, but I wasn't prepared to really commit to him. I felt so small and insignificant. My mind was constantly under siege. I was it was a battleground of thoughts and visions that were not mine, but I couldn't control them. I couldn't get rid of them. It was as though someone else was in the driver's seat and navigating the path ahead. I saw creatures that you only expect to see in horror, horror movies. And when I closed my eyes at night to go to sleep, I couldn't escape. I would fall asleep in the middle of the night with the covers over my head and would spend the night having nightmares. I began to lose my identity. My memory was failing me. I was losing my call with other people, and my only escape was through alcohol or drugs, just to numb the pain temporarily. I would forget about everything else around me, and everything would go quiet, and for a short time, I'd experience some peace. There was a massive hole in my life that could only be filled by God, but it was me that was keeping him out. And over the years, reflecting back, I remember three occasions that... Um, each of them could have been my wake-up call, and each of them should have been my wake-up call, but the first one was when I was 18, freshly trained soldier on a bender with my mates. I was beaten up, ended up in an ambulance. I walked away with a stitch in my lip and a severe concussion as my head had hit the curb after I fell when I was hit from behind. The second was a few years later on another late-night voyage with my friend, and I, we were jumped by a group of guys I ended up on the pavement while the guys were kicking my head and my body. My mate jumped on top of me and protected my head. Thankfully, the perpetrators were chased off not long after by some bystanders. I was ambulanced to hospital and spent 36 hours there. X-rays and MRI scans revealed minor swelling around my brain, but they released me with minor, mild head injuries. And the third occasion was a few years later, similar circumstances. I'd said something that was misconstrued through the excess liquor, 
a fellow soldier from a different unit had hit me and pushed me over. And I, was, I fell and hit my head on the, the back of a car that was behind me. I lay on the ground semi-conscious while my fellow soldier lay into me from above. A friend of mine who was close by came to my aid and tried to protect my head. And fortunately, another bystander pulled the other guy away. This time I had some dental damage and some mild head injuries and another visit to the emergency department, x-rays, showing some minor fractures in my head. Looking back and reflecting on these times of my life, there was a lot more that I could talk about, but they were key turning points for me, or should have been turning points. When I returned to work uh, after the third instance, I, I sat in my boss's room. I sat across the desk from him and he asked me what had happened. My face was a mess. I tried to palm it off as a rugby incident, but he saw right through me. I didn't want to make a big scene of it, but he asked me if I wanted to lay charges. My ears perked up because I wanted justice. He advised me that he thought it wouldn't be a good look or a, and it would leave a mark on my record if I was to proceed with laying charges as I already had a bit of a history with this sort of thing. So I agreed to let it slide. I left his office feeling a little uneasy. This was the first time that anyone had ever spoken to me about what I was doing. I knew in myself I needed to change, but it was so much clearer hearing it from someone else. I had so much anger towards other people, those that had hurt me, but I relented. I felt a small sense of peace for the first time. I could see a glimmer of light in my world of darkness. And so began my journey back into the Father's arms. I was 23. I had been in this dark tunnel for 10 years. I wanted so much for God to just click his fingers and take all my pain away, wash away all the bad, but he had different ideas, and so the fires started burning. It was a couple years of frustration before I learned that God was working in me. I really wanted the walls to come crumbling down in a heap of ashes and to be able to start afresh, but I had things I needed to learn. I had people I needed to forgive and sins I needed to repent for, but slowly, brick by brick, the walls started to come down. And the light at the end of the tunnel began to seem not so distant. I began to claim back my mind. Uh, I began to have confidence again. I changed the people I was associating with, and I stopped the heavy drinking. I became focused again to be the best person, the best version of myself I could be. I still had a long way to go, but things were looking up. Nikita and Riley came into my life, and I fell in love with both of them right from the very start. Not long after, we welcomed George into the world. I remember holding this little boy in my arms, so pure and uncorrupted. I looked into his eyes and I said to him, I'd never leave him. I had a purpose that was bigger than me. I wanted to be the best dad I could possibly be and give my kids the best opportunities. Surround them with love. Not long after this, we were blessed with the little bundle of energy we call Lola. And our journey has been tough. We've overcome a lot of things individually and as a couple. We've walked through some fires and sometimes it seemed pretty relentless. Last year, as Nikita alluded to, uh, was an extremely tough year for us. We fought God. We fought our kids. We fought each other, frustrated with life and work and not sure where to turn. I could go on and on because there were so many lows, but we started to have some victories. We learned to stand on God's word. It was the only constant in the world. Even when we can't see the light, even when our world is dim and cold and there seems no hope, 
his word still stands and he will make a way. So today I stand here thankful, thankful for every fire that I've endured and the fires to come. For that is where God does his greatest work. Old things are burnt away to make a way for new life. And that is how he strengthens us. Just recently, I received a message from a friend, from a friend that I'd like to share. I quote, Things have been good. There have been a few testing years. When I first came to Australia, I walked away. I worked away in some super isolated places, made heaps of money, got some good financial security and opportunities, but some really bad behavioral and negative habits, habits began to develop. I trace some of it back to our time in the army. It was a very good time, some great lessons and experiences, but also some negative habits were cultivated for me. For example, I think I was heavily influenced by the negative attitudes that were around at our unit at the time. I remember being 21 and everyone there just talking about how much they wanted to leave. I remember you had a really different mindset to everyone else, a stronger character. I was very controlling and tried to control everything and not giving others the freedom of choice. That's something I think I picked up in the army, being so young and never being given the opportunity to make my own choices. I learned that was the way you should treat people. It took years for me to realize and address a lot of my issues, but it's been worth it. Growing up and getting wiser, I decided to change for the better. I remember you always had a positive and compassionate mindset that I really didn't appreciate as a younger person. But now looking back, I think, wow, man, you always had a good head on your shoulders. Unquote. This was the very first time that I'd ever heard anyone acknowledge that part of my life. Even though I was trying to live my life that way, it wasn't the case. It was the lowest part of my life. However, God used it to shine some light into someone else's life. The part of my life I'm most embarrassed to talk about, and sometimes I want to forget it altogether. When I was at my lowest, when I had nothing left to give, that's where he began. He is a never-ending reservoir of courage and grace and love. In our lowest moments, God can still use us and the opportunities around us to touch someone else's life. He doesn't let anything go to waste. When I felt so lonely, when I felt there was no one I could turn to, I turned to God. I turned to him when I was in turmoil, when my life was a mess. He heard the cries of my heart, the pain and the anxiety, the confusion I was living. He was my confidant. Even though he wasn't the center of my life at the time, he was still willing to step in and pour his love on me unconditionally at every opportunity because he loves each and every one of us no matter what. And he grew in me, little by little, a capacity to see a light at the end of the tunnel. He showed me that no matter how far away I run or where I try to hide, he will be there. When it seems like life is over and nothing is going well, and you want to throw in the towel, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And through Jesus, we find a way. Every day now, I challenge myself with a question of how am I worshipping God? I worship Him through music by singing to Him as an act of adoration. And we worship Him as a family. But worship is far, much, far more than just music. It's a sacrifice and surrender and intentionally seeking him in our everyday madness. I still have a way to go, and God and I have some work to do. And I know that I'll be back in, at the front of the altar on my knees time and time again, repenting and 
making amends for the mistakes I make. And that's the journey that God has me on. Last year, Nikita and I were um, capturing pieces of our season through songs, and uh, Nikita beautifully captured this journey uh, that we went through, and we're going through the fire. We knew we needed to keep our eyes on Jesus, and we're going to sing it for you this morning. Um, you can use this time if you want to read the words. Stu's got them up for the screen or to close your eyes and reflect. Um, take some time this morning maybe to see if there's a mask that you're wearing, a fortress that you've built up around your own heart that God's asking you to start tearing down brick by brick. The altar's still open. to God deliver me you are faithful even when my eyes can't see here in the storm you surround me and I am safe in you God cause you are here and you are good your strength will carry me across the wildest seas i'll lift my eyes fix them on you you're faithful in your promise to deliver me I look to you, God, deliver me. You are faithful even when my eyes can't see. Here in the storm you surround me. And I am safe in you, God. Because you are here. And you are good. Your strength will carry me across the wildest seas. I lift my eyes, fix them on you. You're faithful in your promise to deliver me. Um, as I wrote this song, I, the image that God gave me, I literally wrote it in five minutes. I sat at the piano, I knew two chords, two keys, sorry. Jenny helped me key the rest. Um, and this was just what God spoke to me because he'd shown me a picture and I couldn't see past the mountain that was in front of me. I couldn't see, I had to have faith to see past that mountain, to see what God could do past it. 
And I had to have faith that in the storm, instead of being whipped around and beaten down by it, just as the disciples had when they freaked out, I had to see myself standing with Jesus in the middle of that storm. And I just, I just feel like today God wants you to look at that mountain. And the bridge is literally, you are mighty. And my praise belongs to you because when we sing praise, he hears faith. So this morning, if you have a mountain that's standing in front of you, I just want you to declare faithfully, all praise belongs to only you. You don't have to sing it out. You are mighty God, all praise belongs to only you. You are mighty God, all praise belongs to